Welcome to the Full Fact Podcast, where we tackle bad information one fact at a time. I'm Alexis Conrad, and on this week's episode, we will answer all your burning questions about Full Fact. And we get sent hundreds of questions every week, and it's difficult to answer them all. So we're devoting this episode to answer as many as we can. And to do that, it's only fitting to be joined by Full Fact's Chief Executive, Will Moy. Thank you very much for having me. It's exciting to finally make it onto Full Facts podcast. Well, look, it's been a year, hasn't it, for Full Fact? Would you say that this year has been one of your busiest years ever? In terms of demand, absolutely. Tens of millions of users have come to our website looking for trustworthy content about the pandemic, confused about what's going on, trying to find out how the rules apply to their lives, you name it. And I think we've all seen such strong proof this year that bad information ruins lives. It can damage your health. And sadly, in some places, we've even seen people lose their lives because they've relied on health information that can't be trusted. So there's huge demand at the moment and the stakes are high. Possibly one of the most common questions that is leveled at Full Fact, who funds you? And the answer's on our website. It is on your, it, it, and it is on your website, but just for, for the benefit of our, of our listeners. The sort of money I'm proudest of is the 2,000 people who give us money every month, a number that I hope will grow over time and help us be as independent as we possibly can. Uh, the next big tranche of money, I think the single biggest tranche of money we have is charitable trusts and foundations. So places like the Joseph Ramsey Charitable Trust that helped us get off the ground, for example, the Nuffield Foundation that's funds social science research. And then the third big uh, tranche of money is from internet companies, uh, places like Facebook and Google. So with Facebook, they actually pay us to fact check content that they think might be false on Facebook and respond to that. Google, uh, we won something called the Google Artificial Intelligence for Social Good Impact Challenge, which is a global contest for using AI for social good. Um, And we got a three-year grant off the back of that. So the big sources of funding are individuals giving us money, on average about eight quid a month, charitable trusts and foundations, and the internet companies. And there are a few other things. Every now and again, we get paid to do a talk or something like that. But those are the really big ticket ones. And what would you do, for example, if a Labour or Conservative party donor came forward and said, I want to give you a whole bunch of money? Money is difficult because there is no such thing as money that everybody agrees is completely neutral. There's no sort of source of money that everyone can look at and go, "Okay, there's no strings attached to that. So actually, the the way we've done it is to try to have a broad mix of funding. Michael Samuel, who is one of the first funders of Full Fact, has given money to the Conservative Party. The other first funder of Full Fact was the Joseph Ramsey Charitable Trust, which is left-leaning. So we tried, even from the very first starting days of Full Fact, we tried to balance it out. Over the years, we've had donations from FTSE 100 companies and from trade unions. And ultimately, we'd love to be funded by individuals giving us money every month in small amounts, which is the most independent funding we can get. But the answer is as broad a range as possible. Now, we will turn down anyone who offers to give us money if they're not willing to be named in public. So if you give us £5,000 or more, your name goes on our website. And we have turned down people who have offered us money but aren't willing to do so publicly. Let's move on to some of the other questions that uh, I've seen fly about uh, from Full Fact. And I'm sure this isn't the first time that you will have heard them. Who fact checks the fact checkers? 
Well, what I like about Full Fact is we link to all of our sources. I like lots of things about Full Fact. I'm biased. One of the things <laughs> that I think is a strength of Full Fact is we link to all of our sources. We're not asking you to take our word for things. We're trying to make it easier for people to check things for ourselves. You know, in theory, if we had all the time in the world, could sit down in the morning, look at papers, read the news, whatever it is, look at something and think, no, that doesn't check out. I want to check it out. I'll go back to the sources. But actually, realistically, we don't have time. We've got other things to do. And full fact is about, if you like, shortcutting that process. And obviously we can get press offices and so on to talk to us, which make it easier. But fundamentally what full fact is doing is being a citizen. As a part of a democracy, I can ask these questions, you can ask these questions. Full fact's making it easier to ask the questions. We're not just asking you to take our word for the answers. And of course, as you said, everything is linked there. And one thing some people wonder is, where do you get your facts? Where does full fact go to find the answers? It varies a huge amount. During the pandemic, we've had to build links with lots of expert organisations that know about public health, know about vaccine development and all kinds of topics like that. During the EU referendum, we had to talk to trade experts and people who knew how EU law worked and you name it, all kinds of other topics. Um, Once we had to talk to about 13 different organisations to find out who knew whether parts of a bubble bath might be dangerous for pregnant women, and finding an expert in that particular topic turned out to be really hard. There's a bit of digging in what we do about finding the right source. Uh, But there's also some sources we know really, really well. We know our way around the official statistics on how the economy works, official statistics about how crime works or immigration. We know what they're good for, and we know what they're not good for. I think one of the bits of expertise that you build up in fact-checking is understanding the limits of the data and the sources that are available. But sometimes, just because you have numbers on something, doesn't necessarily mean that we have a really accurate idea of what's going on. And one of the best things about speaking to experts is they can tell you not just what is measured, but also how realistically does that reflect the real world? And that's the crucial question we're trying to get to. Some people may look at the work that you've been doing with Facebook and question why are you working with Facebook? Why are you working with social media companies? A lot of people are seeing them perhaps as the root of spreading misinformation. So can you explain to us why for fact think it's very important that you work with social media companies like Facebook? Yeah, and it's not an easy decision as well. You know, these companies have a lot to prove that they are taking these problems seriously and that they're responding adequately. And as an independent charity, we don't want to work with them unless we feel that's net doing more good than anything else. Before we worked with Facebook, we spent eight months negotiating with them an agreement that would let us not just work with them the way they wanted, but also publish reports on how that program was working and how it could be improved and make recommendations to them. And that was our condition. We exist from public benefit. That public benefit needs to be transparent and understandable to people. And so we wanted to be able to explain how this was working and be able to talk about how it could be done better. Ultimately, public debate is shifting online. And these companies have a huge power to shape our experience, what we see, what we can share, sometimes even what we can't see. It's important for an organization that believes that all of us as citizens have to be part of that debate and have to be able to express ourselves and have to be able to do that in an informed way to understand how these new powerful companies are shaping our world and how they can be held to account. So as well as working with them, we're learning about their space so we can start to understand how that can be 
accountable. And then we're talking to parliament, we're talking to government, we're talking to select committees. You will have seen Fulfax work in several select committee reports talking about Fulfax, the recommendations we're making about how the big internet companies can be held to account. And that's a really important side of what we do as well. You're very allergic to two words. One of them is to say the word lie. You don't like using the word lie in your articles. And the other one is fake news. Can yeah. you tell us why those two terms have been banned? Well, full facts about making up your own mind. We can't tell you whether somebody's lying to you or not. We can only tell you whether what they've said is right or not. You'll have to decide for yourself whether that was deliberate. Um, so that's why we stop at the water's edge there. Um, on fake news... Fake news is a slur that has been repeatedly used by politicians around the world to smear journalists. And it's been used in countries where journalists are under attack, countries without democratic freedoms. It's dangerous to just smear news as fake news. It's really important that we actually distinguish the stuff we can trust from the stuff we can't trust, which is what full facts about. We want a better choice than either blind faith in people you believe in or blind cynicism in people you don't. And so fake news, which is just a broad term for almost anything people don't agree with sometimes, is too broad to be a useful diagnosis. It can be used to attack journalism when journalism, when it's done well, is part of a solution. And so we think it's more useful to talk more specifically about real problems. Here's one I've uh, wondered, and uh, I, I've become the bane of some poor fact checkers' lives when I, I send them stuff directly saying, what about this? What, have you looked into this? And of course, most of the time is, yes, just check the website. How do you decide what to fact check? So our editorial team meets every morning and makes a decision about what we might be doing today. And that firstly starts with the process of monitoring. We've got an obligation to be balanced, so we need to be monitoring a balanced set of stuff from the news, from Parliament, from what politicians are saying, stuff we're seeing online, and also now more and more people sending us things that they would like us to fact check. So we need to make sure we're responding to that without being kind of influenced in one direction or another by responding to people's requests. So the first thing is balanced monitoring. Then it's about choosing what's important, interesting, and influential. That's a bit of a shorthand, but basically... Does it affect millions of people's lives or does it affect fewer people's lives, but in a significant way? Is it important? Is it interesting? Does anyone want to know whether it's true or not? Does it pass the so what test? And finally, is it influential? Is it being spread? Is it being talked about by people whose decisions affect us? Um, is it picking up speed online and so on? So that interesting, influential and important test is, is a good rough rule of thumb for the kind of things we pay attention on. Finally, Will, Full Fact's been around now for 10 years. Yeah. And you have seen in those 10 years the whole media landscape change, the politics that we're dealing with becoming way more partisan, people, you know, using phrases like uh, we've got our, our own facts and, um, you know, the idea that we all can't quite agree on a one common ground of, of what is true and what isn't. But without wishing to sort of leave the episode on a downer, looking into the future, what can you see and what would you like to see? Well, let's face it, those of us who believe in informed public debate have had a tough decade. It hasn't got easier. Uh, people who choose to misuse information have got away with it, have done very well politically and financially out of misleading other people. And we need to push back 
harder against that. I think that needs more of us who are willing to stand up and call out the misuse of information, even when it's by people we agree with or respect. I think it needs organizations like Full Fact that can do that collectively as part of that crowd as well. We need to make sure that we actually have reliable information about the most important things in life, whether that's good official statistics whose independence is protected by law, um, or whether it's good journalism, which is really struggling economically. You know, more and more journalism is quick turnaround, low specialist knowledge. And actually, the days of having specialist journalists who could spend a long time on a story are maybe not completely under threat, but they're certainly dwindling. So you've got to look at all of those pressures on how we get good information and then how it stands up in debate. And I think the pressure comes on all of us to stand up and fight harder against those who will mislead us and fight harder for those who can help us get good information. And that's what we plan to do at Full Fact. Well, I think that's the best place to leave it, really. Uh, It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing that again soon. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Full Fact Podcast, which was released on the 7th of December. And indeed, that's all the time we have on this series. Full Fact is an independent and impartial charity, and you can read about our commitment to neutrality at fullfact.org forward slash about.